Welcome, welcome, welcome to Beyond Podcast for beautiful, lion-hearted, powerful, present, loving men. What a, what a, what an honor today to have conversations with my friend Rick Brodner. Rick is a dear friend to along with his partner. Cindy have been gracious and delightful hosts as I've wandered and I've been visiting Portland these last many months. They have provided a beautiful, opened their home to me in their hearts in just the most delightful and beautiful way. And then we get to have all these beautiful, deep, interesting conversations where we stay up late and talk and just get into it and and explore and so today i am delighted to be able to share one of those conversations where we wander and inspire each other and think deeply and get into it so i'm excited to share that with you and rick so you know is part of the powerful present and loving circle of men that I am a part of, that I am honored to be a part of, that we will definitely share more about at some point. And Rick, in his delightful way, is recently retired and is in the is in the middle of this beautiful and courageous expression of being still, of sitting in the quiet of what happens in this stage of life that he is in. He does this incredibly beautiful job of um, job. He does this beautiful dance, this beautiful walk, this beautiful sit of allowing himself to not make plans and to just go with what feels right and to resist the resist, the temptation and the, and that, pull to like have a bucket list and to get a lot of things done and to apply himself and to get to work in some interesting way on whatever stage of life, you know, this third stage or whatever, or whatever they call it. Rick brings this beautiful, calm, contemplative perspective and consistently invites me and, and others and certainly our PPL circle to check our assumptions, to, to, to look and to see and I think he particularly does so around patriarchy and privilege and, you know, this colonial capitalist thing that we are part of, that we swim in the waters of. He so delightfully talks about it and, and meaningfully talks about it and offers and, and invites us into these alternative perspectives, which feel powerful and significant these days. So it is a pleasure to invite you into one of the many, many conversations that we have about life and death and living and dying and just about everything in between. So welcome. Thank you for listening to Beyond Conversations with my friends and enjoy. It looks like we're going. Fantastic. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Very fun. Glad to be here. Fun to have you along. And, <laughs> and, and what we're trying to simulate with all of our 
technology and all of our stuff in front of us is we're just trying to simulate stimulate and simulate mm-hmm. one of the one of the many beautiful conversations that we have in the course of a day when we are together it's true and um and so it's it, you know it's funny like making it official with all of the technology yes well i guess we're memorializing at any rate we are memorializing it because it is memorial day and so yeah. w- why not do that on memorialized i think memorialized day makes sense yes so we were having a conversation last night mm-hmm. that you had listened to the uh the podcast episode about guns and the shooting and um and about bringing heart and you had a question f- you, you sort of said what i felt was um, you wanted more explanation from me about about or more understanding perhaps of the place of what I was imagining as a as a as a way forward, meaning that I think what I took from it was that well, what I was able to say and explain was that when I imagine the kinds of conversations and the kinds of interactions that we have around guns or around whatever it might be, all of our failing systems and around apocalypse and around all the things we talk about, is that my desire is to sit in the discomfort of those, in the unknowing of those, and that in so doing, what we're doing is we're, we're in the discomfort, but by being in connection around those things, that there is a really beautiful harmony and there's actually a really beautiful connection, even though it's inconvenient and uncomfortable. So I guess my question would be to start with, is that, does that seem like an accurate portrayal or like, what was your reaction to the podcasts about the gun violence? And Yeah, I think that um, when we discussed it further, yeah, you know, last yesterday evening, um, I got a better sense of that. Yeah. I think my initial reaction and this could be you know my own sort of projection or 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 leaping to a conclusion etc was that you were yearning for as we all do you know a more beautiful world where people don't kill each other. Yeah. Where people who are afflicted with challenges of all kinds have the kind of love and support they need to heal. Yes. Um, And I struggle with that, not because it is not a worthy thing, but because that's not the world we live in. Mm. And and I feel that we always have to start from where we are. Mm. And um, it's nice to have a star to steer by, a place to go that we where people are held in, in a loving way. Sure. And respected no matter who they are and what they're history and challenges are. Um, and that became more clear that you weren't sort of wanting to wish away the darkness, right? which I feel is sort of a common reaction. It's just, just make this darkness go away. Right. Um, and I sort of have more of a, a perspective that the darkness is part of our existence. Yeah. Light and shadow are how the whole world sort of operates. And there is no light without shadow. And so our task is not to remove the shadow, but in mm. fact to learn to dance with it. Yeah. And so you, that came across more as we, as we as spoke. As we spoke, yeah. And then that's, 
makes me think of Bio Akamalafe, who is this amazing philosopher thinker from Nigeria, who but who offered this perspective that says our work right now is to sit in the discomfort. It is it is not to come up with solutions. In fact, that we can't really come up with solutions at this moment. And solutions to what is 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 an interesting sort of larger question of like. I don't know what we're trying to solve exactly. Um, we're just trying to be. Yeah, I think that um, putting it in the form of a problem is very comfortable for us. Yeah. Because we're sort of a civilization that likes to solve problems. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And we usually fail to recognize that the solution then just generates the next problem. And that's great because then we have more problems to solve, but it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily help us to live in a harmonious way, which I think Mm -hmm. is a lot of what people are struggling with right now. We have a sort of a sense, sort of an internal nagging of some kind telling us this does not feel right. And I think for some people that becomes so loud that they do horrible Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. because the pain becomes so great. Um, and they, to me, are sort of canaries in the coal mine. Mm. They're not bad or evil. They're just carrying this terrible discomfort, this terrible sort of um, feeling of being disconnected or lost, and it, it, it comes out in, in terrible ways. Mm. Um, and so, I, you know, it's hard to have compassion for people who do such horrible things but they are still human beings. So at some point, you know, it's in all of us. And I think it's, how do we, how do we connect with that? Because sitting with that for me is the way to then start to see what to do, how to live, what to do next. Right. To be able to sit in the discomfort of we have, there are people in our country who are really, really hurting. Yes. And who are, like you say, canaries in the coal mine, yes. if you will. If we pay attention to them and we really sit and see and listen and feel and notice that, wow, there are a lot of people these days who have anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, and we want to just wish that away. Exactly. I mean, this is, you know, this is sort of what our mental health or, you know, behavioral health, as it's called, system is sort of an extension of the medical model, which in this country, you know, in the Western civilization, medicine is basically symptom relief. Mm. I don't know what's wrong with you, but I can give you a pill to make that thing, that particular pain, whether that's psychological or physical, go away. Mm -hmm. And then we have all the manifestations of that, the entire opioid crisis, which is about people trying to get away from pain Mm -hmm. and doctors, because their job has become that of sort of an auto mechanic. It's like, make that that particular noise and the engine go away and I'll drive away happily, (laughs) uh, even though my car is literally falling apart. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, behavioral health has become similar and that has become a lot about addressing people's symptoms, even though one could could uh, make a story that the symptoms are actually uh, a communication to us, you know, like pain is supposed to be, mm-hmm. oh, that stove is hot. I feel pain. I will not touch that stove. Yeah. I am so depressed. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell people to go into that place mm-hmm. and have them see what that depression has to say. Mm-hmm. And I think the challenge is 
those are places that, that you don't want to have to go alone. Yeah. And so now it's like, how can I make a sense of belonging or community so that I can see what this, this, mm-hmm. this sadness is speaking to me? And yeah. I think bio speaks a lot about the fact that grieving should never be done alone. In fact, mm. it, you, you need a community in order mm-hmm. to grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, and we see this with the outpouring of grief for, for the, sure. the victims of these terrible, you know, right. Well, et and we, right. And we see a lot of, a lot of what I might call mental work or outrage that, that we don't know how to, right. We're, we're wanting to fight about gun control. We're wanting to fight about, you know, which is, which is again, like there's, I think there's a very important role for like, how do we navigate that? And that is a part of a much larger picture, which, which we kind of default to in some way, um, in moments like this, I, I, I just received a, um, I have a, I have a dear friend who I've known for, for many years and, um, um, she's been having a hard time just, you know, um, and and I just received a text message from her because I reached out to her and just she was she she shared just beautifully with me about these challenging um, times she's in right now, both professionally and personally, and feeling really down. And you know she has this beautiful, beautiful heart and and this care for the world and um, and and does. Uh, can, you know, is, is connected to bringing people's passion out into the world in this remarkable way. But she's, she's feeling lost. Like she's feeling disconnected from that. Mm-hmm. And there was something about, you know, I'm grateful in, in, in the way that, that I'm able to listen in a way that sort of listens, listens through and past the story part and just was able to say to her, like, you know, just thank you for your courage. Mm-hmm in sharing, Mm -hmm. but also in being willing to sit in this uncomfortable Mm -hmm. place, you know, being willing to really, you are in, you are in the ashes, you know, you are in this really moment where, where you are being asked to look at, at some really hard, challenging things Mm -hmm. and to try to stay connected to your heart and that beautiful energy you have that, that, that comes into the world when you're feeling grounded and strong and um so the text that i got was just a was just a a a thank you Mm -hmm. to say um i was all you know i this was really it's been hard Mm -hmm. and just your reaching out and reminding me and helping me stay connected to my heart yes and just seeing it and seeing me in pain right like seeing me in in like my in my in my messiness and saying that you care and, and, and like acknowledging that it allowed her to then soften. And what my sense, my sense is it allowed her to soften and then, and then come back to her heart and remember and feel, and feel, um, and then, and then reconnect to the gifts and the beauty that she brings. Yeah. A couple of things come up when you talk about that. One is kind of the, no, the, the notion of, of sort of co-regulation, mm. which I think happens quite unconsciously especially when you're in the room with somebody mm. you know how if you're with somebody like if you go um if you go to the store and the person who's doing the checkout is just having a bad day yeah you pick that up mm. 
uh, and you're like your day becomes worse. You could have been perfectly happy. And if you're kind of, you know, sort of grounded enough, maybe you can hold that a little bit more. And you try to kind of stay with them and be yeah. a little lighter and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I think when, especially when people are feeling down, the, the you know that notion of um, having sharing that burden, usually by talking or being with somebody, especially if the person they're with can kind of you know there's this sort of thing where you wanna you wanna be with your person and sort of be compassionate and feel their suffering, and you also want to kind of keep your foot on the shore mm-hmm. so that you're also kind of pumping in some more um, sort of holding energy. Ground or yes. something, like grounded, groundedness you know, that, that we don't all get lost comes, in. The, right. You don't, want to, you don't want to tell them don't feel that way, yep. and you don't want to minimize whatever they're, no matter how trivial it may seem to you, you want to be with the fact that they are, they're in pain. Yeah. Um, and somehow when that happens... Um, you know, it lifts them up in some, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it may take a while for that to kind of wash through them. Right. It's interesting that the, the, I'm, I'm caught in the, um, in your example of the grocery store and the, and the checkout person having a bad day. What I notice, what I notice for myself that I do, I think sort of naturally in some funny ways is, um, uh, I like to break scripts, uh-huh. if you will, if yes. that's, if that's the right way to say it, you know, oh, like, yes. Hi, how are you today? Oh, I'm right. good. Oh, right. Memorial Day. Oh, are you going on a picnic? Right. Oh, you know, okay, um, is this the asparagus that is the organic or not organic? Right. And it's the same, like, they have the same conversation all day long, yes. time after time after time after time after time. Right. And so I, of course, try to, like, do goofy things of just saying, like, you know, um, when was the last time you had a thing of balloons in your hand or something? I don't even know. That's a horrible example. Exactly. But, you know, just something that is off script and also actually is, it, it is a terrible example because it's more just like, it's more like an actual connection that i try to make right. just to say hey how are you today yes. it seems like it's really busy right or something that's not in the script that actually creates some kind of connection and then allows them what it seems like to soften yeah i think i often i try to comment on people's clothing or hair because that's mm-hmm. kind of also a way of saying i see you yeah and i think of our friend you know raymond diaz you know yeah who is a master He's so that. good at that. It's so He's fun to watch He's always asking him. people, did you bring the pizza? <laughs> right. You're walking down the street and it's like, you know, <laughs> where's that pizza we ordered? Yeah. And it just brings people up short. And in Raymond's case, because he's so charming, people will usually respond in kind. They're like, oh, yeah, the pizza I forgot. You know, yes. they get right into the little story that he's just created. Right. Um, That's beautiful. And it is a delightful a way of... of Storytelling, yes, it and is storytelling and create and and I was just thinking like what a beautiful storyteller he is in that in yes. that way. But you were going to say what a uh, um, well. The other yeah. thing I wanted to say is that notion of of when people are feeling down, yeah. um, and helping folks. You know, we have this kind of twenty four seven sunshine culture, yeah, where you're mm-hmm. not allowed to feel shitty, um, and. And to kind of get to the to the point point that 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 shadow that muck is actually kind of where the seeds of the next bit of sunshine are going to come from, yeah. and so how can I allow myself to feel poorly mm. and feel it deeply mm-hmm. um, without trying to make it go away mm-hmm. uh, or or um, label it in some way? Right. And I think that's where, you know, mindfulness can be helpful because then it's just like if, you know, if you're trying to sit in meditation and you get, you get a, a, an itch 
and rather than scratch it, you'd say, well, I'm just going to watch that. Mm-hmm. What is the shape of it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and as you watch it, it starts to move. And mm-hmm. then before you know it, it just went away. Where mm-hmm. did, I where don't know did it, where it where came did it from. Go? It, it showed up and then it left. And so sitting with, you know, how does this feel in my body, this sadness? Where is the, can I locate yeah. it in my body? Mm-hmm. Can I watch it and see, does it move around? Um, you know, all kinds of ways to explore it. Once again, to see what it might have to offer rather than how quickly can I get rid of this? Yeah. A couple things come up that one is, is, I mean, I talk a lot about discomfort and training, training, like we have to actually build the infrastructure Mm -hmm. and learn to be in exactly as you're saying, like to be able to have that skill, to be able to sit in, whether it's the knee itching or it's the, or it's the, the shoot, the school shooting that happened, or it's just waking up and, you know, and whatever, you know, like we are. I like to say, um, we have to get good at discomfort because the way the world is going, there is only going to be more and more adversity. And, and so if we aren't good at it, you're screwed. Like if you aren't good at it, you're screwed. Like you're just going to, it's just, it's, you have to be able to be uncomfortable because it's coming. Yeah. And I think that we've forgotten, um, that, you know, for most of human existence, people were not that comfortable. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure they, weren't nearly as upset about that as we are. Yeah. I think people have, you know, we are a, a, astonishingly adaptable creatures. Mm-hmm. That's why we've kind of succeeded for as long as we have. And we can get used to it being frickin' cold out or whatever. We figure out ways to adjust. Yeah. But I think, you know, we actually, because the mind is ultimately kind of mm-hmm. processing all this and the mind kind of figures out how to process it differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what you're talking about is how can we sort of um, rejuvenate some of those abilities that we had? Yeah, that's right. Get come back, come back to some discomfort. And part of it, actually, it occurs to me, we had just re- listened to um, Aubrey Marcus and Michael Mead talking a little bit about story right. and about myth. Yes. And that one of the stories or one of the myths that uh, it's interesting to me that story is coming up with Raymond and then, and yes, then here absolutely. is the story, if you will, and there are stories um, about the importance of darkness. Yes. And that the darkness and that the shadow and that the discomfort is, uh, and, and, you know, those are the places actually that are the most, like that is where you find yourself. Like right. that is, that, that is the territory of self-discovery. And I can just, you know, with my friend, you know, and she is, she is, she's down in the muck and right. what she's rummaging around in is, is finding her way back to her heart and her brilliance and her beauty and the gifts that she brings. And she's, she's kind of feeling it, but like kind of, I, I, I can sense her like rummaging around in there. Sure. And right now it's like, it, it, it's, it's, it's dark and it's hard, but she is, she is like, that is the work and it's right. beautiful witnessing it. Yeah. But we don't have a, my sense is that we don't, that's not a, like we want, we don't have that cultural story, if you will, of, oh yeah, the darkness is um, where we have to go. And yeah. so then we want to avoid it or we don't have, like, like what, what how, is it that we are, we've lost our way in there? What comes up to me, you know, I think we have this dominator culture, patriarchal culture. You can use a lot of words for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to keep people under control. Mm-hmm. And mostly that's done through fear and violence of some kind, whether that's mm-hmm. physical or psychological. Um, 
And so you need to kind of generate fear and darkness has been a tool. I think the darkness is um, traditionally associated with the more yin energy, the receptive, the inward dwelling, and often then the feminine gets thrown in there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we've kind of created a culture which is you need to avoid that. Yeah. Um, and danger, I th- it's dangerous in there. And I think part of what you said is that when we are able to hold the the darkness in, in ourselves and have kind of that full range of motion, because, you know, if you think of the, the yin-yang symbol, there's an endless sort of movement from from the bright light, the, the noon of the day, to the dark night, the yeah. midnight mm-hmm. of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and, and our lives are constantly moving from one to the other, and we've all been kind of atrophied to where we only get to feel the, the light half of the process. When you feel the full range, I think you, you become uncontrollable because mm. you now sort of right. are, are connecting with a, a sort of the living truth of your own spirit. And you can kind of tell your bullshit detector is now much more yeah. tuned to things. And you mm-hmm. can tell when stuff is landing and you're like, no, that, that's not right. Not right for me anyway. Right. And so, and stuff starts to fall away. The rules that were used to control no longer work for you. Yeah. Um, and so I think folks who want to keep the order in a certain way do not want folks sort of dipping into the wisdom that is available to us in that shadow in the shadow. Yeah. You know, that's right. It's like the, it's like each of us in our unique brilliance, we, we we're outside of the, the, the um, technologies of control. Exactly. And so that's dangerous to the, to the, to the um, status quo, to the systems. And what we talk about, and I mean, you know, is the idea of this apocalypse in the, in the, in the most, um, the combination of the, necessary destruction and decay mm-hmm. um which which is apocalyptic but then also the regenerative recre- creative recreative energies that come with that as well and so the idea of finding our way to our uniqueness and i would and i would even go to the place of like our individual uniqueness and then rick and i are are part of um a men's group um I, you call, it's not even a group. A group isn't the right word. It's like a friendship. A, I usually say it's a circle. A circle. <laughs> I mean, I, just we found our way to this incredible, beautiful place of of, yes. of being a group of uh, a circle of men who we just really care about each other, and we get into all this trouble and all these places. Yeah. And I like to say that each of us, and you're so great at pointing this out, has, um, you know, that each of us has our unique our unique um, place in exactly. there. And then as an entity, we also have, we, we have a, 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 a energy about us that only, uh, only we can bring. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's one of the things that I love so much about, um, you know, circles in general, men's circles in particular, yeah. is I think it's a place where, where I get to experience that we, mm. um, that sense of being part of something and also 
that I'm there also. Mm. You know, the lovely thing is when another man says the words that I was just thinking. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. And, and I begin to feel that there's something speaking through us when we're together. Mm. It's it, like the hive or the, or, the, or the flock of birds that is moving in right. harmony with itself. And, and, and humans, once again, you know, we're exquisitely tuned to be able to do this. And mm. I think most of us have had experiences where we were with a group of people, whether it might have been our family or a group of close friends, maybe we were camping or something, and we showed up and everybody just started doing things. Yeah. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, the camp was set up and nobody really said much of anything to anybody about, you know, you should do this and you need to do mm-hmm. that. Somehow we just knew what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and I think that is available to us but mostly, you know, the, the paradox is it, it shows up when I'm sort of most deeply grounded in my own source. Right. And because, at least from my perspective, that source is connected to the source the of source. all. Yeah. And so when I'm connected and you're connected, then then the sort of the grand stage manager is, is letting us know what we need to do. Oh, yeah. um, and, and, and when that feeling occurs, there's a feeling of being home. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I am doing what I need to do in this world. And it may be the most mundane thing. In fact, I believe it's mostly mundane things. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, we, we, we have talked so much and I, I just want to like, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking of Matt just cause our, our, our circle just shifted and our friend, Matt Motorson, who just died, right. um, you know, and it's now transitioned and we did a beautiful ceremony for, to honor him and, and, and it was a ceremony for us also. Exactly. Because it was, it's, it's a honoring of him and his livingness in this human yes. body. And now it's an honoring of him living this in whatever form and wherever he is now and ours as well. Yeah. You know, I often feel that um, when people die, when they pass on to whatever mystery is awaiting after this, yep. um, it's not that I've lost them. It's just that my relationship to them is now different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find, you know, with, with friends of mine who have gone on that they're, they're, they're still teaching me. Mm. Um, you know, I have a dear friend, Derek Sparkman, who passed about three years ago and I'd like to go visit him. He's interred out at the Willamette national cemetery. Um, and I go and I usually, you know, cry my eyes out mm. and I walk up and down. He's in one of those little, um, columbariums where they have people's ashes set into, into these wall. little wall. And so you can walk up and down and you can see all the flowers and little toys and all the things mm. people have brought. And even though it's a place of great grieving, it's also filled with love. And, and that's another, and, and that's, so every time I go visit him, sort of new insights come to me and it's like, you know, D, you are still teaching me, <laughs> you know, even though I don't know what you're up to right now, I'm sure you're causing trouble wherever you are, mm-hmm. but hopefully, but, um, it kind of amazes me how the presence of those who we have loved, you know, so dearly continues to grow within us. Mm-hmm. And so, and I feel that way about Matt, you know, that he's now, part of our circle and in some ways he's kind of just scouting ahead for the rest of us mm-hmm. he's he's out there doing whatever you know looking around and asking questions like he does um so that when we show up he'll be like you know hey well, i want it. i got some cool stuff i want to show y'all yeah and so i love the the feeling of aliveness that comes when thinking about people that are not with us anymore yeah 
at least not here in their human form, right? Exactly. I mean, like Matt is totally with us. Exactly, and know? that's where you start to sense about this thing called soul. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it, but I know what I feel. Mm. Yeah, and so I kind of just stay with that. Yeah, because that's a beautiful that's a beautiful place, and that's that and that's that place that feels um, when we're all there. Then we're in our beautiful uniqueness. Yeah. And we're in, and, and we're not controllable. Exactly. I think that, you know, we are always wanting to participate and belong. So I'm going to adjust myself because I want to be part of a community and I know there are certain things, certain language I might use that, mm-hmm. that helps bring me into mm-hmm. the community or sets me apart. Yeah. So control is kind of a funny thing in that way because I may decide I'm going to use a certain language because I want to feel more connected. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's always, there's light and shadow to everything, I guess, is what I usually end up saying. <laughs> well, I'm intrigued. See, I get intrigued by this place because it's, it's, a, it's um, let's see if I can get it. It's, it's this place of um, what, what we are starting to create, I believe, what we have created and what we're now um, broadcasting, I guess, quite literally right now out, out to the world is this place of what does it feel like to, to, to belong in a different kind of way? Yes. And what does it feel like to belong in a way that now my friend, you know, who I was speaking of earlier, like now she is being impacted by us Yes, and we are being impacted by her. Right. And, and then, and what I'm finding is, is that, is that the more that I, um, um, find my ground and this fierceness that is, that is coming through me to speak up, to share this conversation, that it is now offering itself out to the world. And what, and it's like, it's, it's, it's doing that. Um, what, what you just said of like, it's offering people a new story. It's offering people a new way of, of bring, of, of stepping into their uniqueness. Mm Mm-hmm. It's offering, and and I and I and I and I think I would go so far as to say, Rick, that it's that when we talk about the patriarchy and the dismantling of the patriarchy, like part of what, like I guess I'm intrigued to go down that road a little bit and share that and think about that because it feels like um, there's some level on which what we're doing is 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 stepping away from all of the mechanisms that have given us that that sense of belonging to date. Yes, exactly. Right. That it's like, oh, and, 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 and I might say my friend is like in this place where, where, um, she's doing okay, but, but, but by our interaction, she was able to sink, drop into a different expression of, of her, um, being with herself. And then I was able to drop into a different place of being in myself because we were doing something differently that it felt outside of what was sort of normal or the status quo. And I might say the patriarchy. Yeah. Or the, you know, yeah. yeah. I think there's a tension um, because we can't, we can't escape yeah. the waters we swim in. And so, um, and you know, the need to belong is, uh, it's essential. Uh, if you, if you are cast out from your clan, you know, you will die sometimes physically and certainly emotionally. And so, you know, the need to be, to belong is important, which is why we tend, you know, as little kids, we learn which things we should not say or do because we will get that message that you will be excluded if you continue that. 
it, it, yeah, as you're saying that, this is so interesting. Yeah. As I'm thinking about rites of passage, because right. there's an important, there's a piece of a rite yeah. of passage that is crucial. That is 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 being is being is set out. Is 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 the separation is exactly what you're what yeah. you're saying, which is to say, I like we actually you actually put one form of the rite of passage is we actually take people and set them outside. You know, we we put them out in the woods, or there is a separation. Yeah. That's, that's a little that, different, I think. Well, that's that's the interesting place that I'm that I don't I don't actually know that it is. We, we can explore that. And the difference is is that in a rite of passage, there is there is a separation, and then there's an ordeal, which is part of that, and then there's a welcoming return. back and absolutely. A return. And the th- return is what we don't do. What 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 isn't doesn't um, typically an intentional thoughtful return isn't what happens and then so the outcast so then we avoid the outcastness because because of the belonging part right right so it's an interesting anyway yeah that's what i think that's the difference is the outcast cannot return um but the when we do write a passage it's prescribed and we know because it's like there's the container of the community and then there's the container of the larger world which i'm i'm saying i'm going to move you out into this larger container and there's things out there that we can't teach you here yeah. because they're your own things. And if we're around you, you know, we're going to get in the way of whatever. Right. And they're the things of the world. They're the things of nature. They're the things of whatever is whatever the of spirit of the cosmos, yes. you know, that, that is, you know, your particular yeah. flavor of challenge. And it speaks to that notion that there's a wisdom that only you possess. And we want you, not only do we want you to have it for yourself, but we as a community need your wisdom. Right. And so you're really being told, you know, you are a vital part of us. Yeah. We and, want you to come back and to bring what what wisdom has come to you. Yeah. And, and you can you only say, find that in the challenge. Right. And I think of, you know, today's sort of video games are sort of these modern quests and things, only they never end. Because the goal is not to right. is not to mm. get some wisdom and return, but to continue to score points so that you'll stay in the game so that because it's not really built on a model for wisdom, it's built on a model for um exploitation or accumulation or something like that. And so yeah. Um, you know, the, the, they're, they're sort of tapping into that, that need we have mm-hmm. to seek and quest and find, um, but, but not the corresponding part of bringing that back into the community. And I think a lot of gamers, yeah. and I, this is a realm I know very little about, yeah. st- find great community within, you know, their, mm-hmm. their realm. There are people that depend on them mm-hmm. and that's another reason they keep coming back. Mm. Um, so you see kind of these elements of things in there and, um, you know, the curiosity is where, where will this go? Can we, can we bring this forward in a way that that nourishes the community more than it seems to right now? Mm. Such interesting. So yeah, I mean, this is interesting because what one, I mean, a couple of things come up. I just wanted to like lay them out. I want to lay, I want to lay them out, lay them out, and then see, and then see what's juicy. Because, because I get to hang out with young people a lot. Yes. Um, Theo, who's been on the podcast, yeah. you know, like he, he is told he's actually in a program to design games because he's a brilliant, brilliant game player. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that, that we were talking about the other night was that, um, man, oh man, is there a need for some like fierceness or engagement or like, like, it, it, um, um, there's a numbness. 
that feels like it happens in a lot of the gaming communities uh-huh. of like, how do we, how do I engage in my real life? Right. Okay. So that's one sort of, that's one sure. th- thread that, that, that comes up mm-hmm. another thread. And, and I, and I think you were going there. I want to go for, understand it more is video game designers are really smart. And of course at, 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 I, I don't know video games well enough to be able to speak to it, but, um, um, Jordan, who's also been in the podcast is, is, you know, is such an interesting combination because he plays a lot of video games and he's like grounded and has some real sense of himself in some interesting way. So it's fascinating to me how he makes sense of it. And I feel like I've learned a lot from him, but, um, um, let me, let me just get my thought is that, is that they're, you know, they're clearly designed to make money. Right. So there's that element of it. Yeah. And then there's an element where they know, they know, and Jane McGonigal, who, wrote a book called um, Reality is Broken, mm-hmm. sort of identified um, four parts of video games that are, that, that are, that are um, a why and life that we want. So I'll see if I can get them, but it's like connection, like, 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 you know, social connection. Mm-hmm. So that happens when people are playing video games. Right. Um, a sense of meaning. Right. Right, we want to feel like we are my contribution, my life matters. Right. Which, which, when you assume a character and you're part of a team, yep. that you are part of something that matters. Yeah, epic quests. So, like a lot of video games are like saving the world, yeah, or I wanna, like I want to come back to that one, winning yeah. the championship. Right. You know, like that. that you're like like we have some need in this culture for whatever right. to like be you know have these epic quests. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is something along the lines of like meaningful work, meaningful. It's like, I can't, it's, it's sort of related, but it's like, it's like, we want a sense of, of that, of, of like, we want to be challenged engagement, essentially engage, right. Like engagement. Yeah. Like we want a sense right. of like that my, that my effort matters, that it's going towards something that I can get better at something that I'm, yes. that I'm engaged. So, so like those four things are pretty foundational and, and they're, and they're, they're inside the world of games, but they're also just in our lives in yes. some interesting way. And so, and so they've been captured by the video game industry to provide that. And so it's like, we don't actually have those things in quote unquote real life in many ways. Right, those things are, are are things that are missing from our community. You know, like we don't you don't go to school and you aren't like, wow, this is really meaningful. And you don't go to like, you know, oh, I'm doing my homework. That's right. really going to contribute to something right. good. You know, it's like, no, this is a pain in the ass, and I hate it, and it's stupid. And like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Well, I think that's now we're going in the direction of sort of the current educational system, which is probably 200 years out of date, I mean, <laughs> and so. Um, I think there's a lot we could say about that. Yeah. I mean, to me, what what's happened, it feels like a lot of it is about um, timing. Mm. So when you're in the land of computer land, the digital world, you're pretty much getting instant feedback. And, it's, you know, everything, you know, is just is, is sort of based on sort of shorter and shorter attention spans. So that it isn't, you know, so that when I, when I do my thing, I get, you know, I either killed that monster or I didn't, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Now I know you have to accumulate points and there's all these oh, kind of levels, et sure. cetera, et cetera. But I'm pretty sure there's also a lot of attention paid with the designers as to how hard to make it so that you get enough points soon enough so that you don't just decide, screw it, I don't want to do An this An appropriate anymore. level of challenge right. is, is, is something they do Where very in the well. real world, imagine something like tending a garden. Now, eventually you will have a flower or a vegetable, but it takes a long time. 
And changes happen each day, but they're much slower. Subtler. Yeah. yeah. And so um, we can still get that sense of, you know, and I'm totally with the idea that, you know, working with your hands, mm-hmm. working with your body, mm-hmm. and it feels like the thing, the thing that I'm feeling from what you're saying is that the video games aren't really having people work with their body much. I know you can put on VR things and wear special gloves and stuff like that. It seems to me, and this is kind of the notion that we have kind of moved to this place in our culture where we just think all we are are our minds. Mm-hmm. When in fact, from my perspective, our bodies are thinking every bit as much as mm-hmm. our so-called brain brains are. Sure. So that um, there's equal intelligence in the body, intuition, yeah. gut sense, gut feeling, yeah, that, as there is in our brain. The notion of that, the microbiome in your gut, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. But there's also the notion that the you know that we're sort of created to move in this world Mm. and to interact with it. Um, And there's, I think something kind of starts to, um, I'm not sure how to, what the, the best word is. It's sort of like atrophy. You know, our bodies want to move and yet they're not moving and things that just kind of start becoming more and more sluggish. Mm-hmm. Um, and even slugs move. So it's not the, the best analogy. Um, <laughs> well, I had a funny conversation. I had a funny conversation while taking mushrooms. Um, well, we were out, we were out walking a friend of mine and I, and, and we were watching a slug, yeah, they're watching amazing. a slug and they're amazing. Yeah. And, and he was, um, he was he was um, bending down to say, "Have you ever had a slug lick you?" Uh-huh. And so we were doing that, and uh-huh. then his dog came over and stepped right in the slug, right. and we were like, "Oh, that's go. okay." Yeah. Dog's name is Grace, and so it was like, "Okay, that was slug got graced." But we were we were we were like, you know, in in, in this reflection of wow, the slug like compared to us or the dog or like the slug is moving slow, slow, but the tree is probably being like. Whoa! Can you slow down, dude? Right. Like exactly. that is really fast. Yeah, yeah and, and so <laughs> a lot of it is allowing ourselves to kind of try to shift our frame of reference. Yeah, um, and I think the challenge for for folks who are trying to communicate about this yeah. is how to um, convey the idea that these other frames of reference can be just as interesting Mm. and sort of deeply fulfilling as playing a video game. So it's not so much that video games are bad or good or this or that. It's more like, um, having the, it's kind of the diversity idea Mm -hmm. to have a diversity of experiences rather than spend the majority of your time in one thing, no matter what it is. Well, it occurs to me that, in our same in our same way of th- of feeling uh the the being able to sit in discomfort is also being able to sit with patience yeah and being able to appreciate the space the time in between the, the the time that it takes to grow a garden to have to be able to to be able to appreciate and notice the small changes and to be in that in that timelessness in there is part of what you're part of what you're talking about. Here, yeah, and I think right? once again this is where mindfulness practice can really sure. be helpful. Yeah. You know, even sitting for 5 minutes and doing nothing and Absolutely. without any instruction like you need to stop your thoughts or watch your thoughts or listen to your breathing or how about I just sit for 5 minutes and just I don't with with right. mostly just giving myself permission to not have to do anything or think a particular thought. 
and then maybe tomorrow I can do seven minutes um, mm-hmm. until I'm up to, say, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that time is is just a little space where I've said, I don't have to do anything or go anywhere. I don't have to be a particular way. I don't have to feel a particular thing. If I feel sad, I'm sad. And if I'm not, I'm not. It's all good. Yeah, well, and it's and it's um, it's a it's being able to observe or notice the different thoughts yeah. that come, the different sensations in the body, the yeah. different you know, just noticing and then and then noticing. In my case, um, you know, like the judgment about those, uh-huh. you know, yep. of like, oh, wait, 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 I'm meditating. I'm not supposed to be thinking about my to-do list. Wait, yes. oh, wait, God, wait, yep. I'm not, I'm, my body hurts. I'm supposed to, <laughs> like, I'm supposed to have, like, I'm supposed to be able to sit here longer without my foot falling asleep. Oh, wait, like, shit. Okay, wait, am I going to remember to, like, call my mom? You it's know, like, very entertaining, yeah. It's entertaining as hell, <laughs> right? I mean, a lot of stuff is going on. And so then, and 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 the thing that, right, and, and, and mostly what I at least I've been working on lately and, or I've really, I think moved beyond this is the judgment and is the, is the noise, is the, is the self yeah. is, is the, is the, all the stuff like oh, I should be doing this differently. And then I, and then I've, and then the one that, I, that is really helpful for me is, is like, dude, you are sitting and meditating. Like you are making the space to do it. Right. So like if you're doing it badly, like what a great thing to be doing badly, yeah. you know, of like, you're trying, you know, you're like, at least, you know, and not that there's anywhere to get to or anything like that, but just like, but just noticing and like, I, I can't even give myself a break when I'm sitting sure. meditating, exactly. I'm still giving myself a yeah. hard time. And I'm like, okay, dude, like time to, time to, you know, and just amusing, right? It's just amusing, noticing. Well, that's what I like is to be, to kind of maintain a, a sort of a <laughs> lighthearted, um, so that when that comes up and it's like, oh, there, there's the judging Rick, you mm-hmm. know, there I am again, mm. um, without trying to get rid of it. Right. But just to say, because, you know, from my perspective, yeah. when we notice these things, and this circles back to where we started with, oh, to sit with the so world good. as it is, is kind of my first job. Yeah. Because if I, as soon as I start judging it or labeling it, mm. then I kind of collapse all the prob- all the possibilities are gone. And now it's mm-hmm. whatever I decided it was. Mm. Rather than can I hold the world as it is with its sorrows, with its atrocities, with its great joys and great yes. um, generosity. Mm. Um, and just let it be because that's where it feels like things start to open up. Mm. Um, and that, that to me is kind of the dance because of all the conditioning, you know, I've had that doesn't last very long. And then I fall right back into the judging or whatever. And it's like, Oh yeah, there, there I am again. again. And so, and to me, that's like, you know, it's always like breathing. It's always, Mm -hmm. I'm taking a breath in and there's a certain rest and then I'm, the breath goes out and then I'm kind of wound up again. Um, and, and, yeah. and, and sort of being down and being up are, are all kind of variations on that. Yeah. Thank you for all that. My, what I notice is my, you know, I have a, as you know, I have a fairly robust morning practice mm-hmm. where I do yoga and then I do some breathing and then I meditate. That's at least what I'm doing these days. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, um, I have a, a neck injury from when I played hockey. How do I want to say that? I feel like I want to I want to talk about it differently in some way. Of um, anyway, mm. I just noticed myself wanting to like instead of claiming that as I want to talk about it, you know, as a place of I have this beautiful healing that's happening in my body mm-hmm. and this beautiful gift that I was given 
with a injury that is allowing me to really open. And so here's one of the ways is that I have a really tight shoulder mm-hmm. and I've been trying to like, quote unquote, fix it right. in my yoga practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, I'm going to get it better. And yeah. finally I just, you know, and I was like, okay, it's really tight. And finally I just started to say, um, wow, thank you. Thank you for like bringing my attention to that part of my body. Like, mm-hmm. they, and I was, and I like hold my shoulder and I just mm-hmm. say like, thank you so much. And thank you for, you know, when I, when I was playing hockey and, and, you know, that, that moment happened where I got hit and, and I was like, thank you so much for like keeping my head on. Right. There you go. You know, and <laughs> like, right. and like you took a lot so you, that you, I right. could re- remain relatively intact. Totally. Like, <laughs> and then you, and then you adjusted and adapted and kept it safe so that the places that were injured weren't, yeah. we didn't get more injured. Yeah. And you, and you were like, and then it's, you've been tight for a really long time. And so, you know, that's probably uncomfortable. And I, and, and so then I'm like, I'm like, I just, it shifted my whole relationship to it. Mm-hmm. That was so sweet. And then I just started sending it love it. And I, I, I want to say that, that in a second, but like I just started offering love and openness and appreciation for the healing and the gift that it's given me to learn and to know my body and to start, you know, I, the reason I started doing yoga was because I had this injury. Ah, lovely. I'm like, what a beautiful gift right. that I now have a, you know, a practice. Yeah, right. Um, and, and so, so it's been, so it's, it's, it's doing what you, you know, and it's just like, it's just really shifted my way of being with my, my own body. And right. then I'm not trying to fix anything. I'm just trying to be with the way that my body feels today and notice and observe and notice that it's different. Like each day is different. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the thing to be in a body. Um, the try to kind of keep honoring it and, yeah, to me, a lot of sort of living in the Tao is really letting my body do what it wants to do and trying to kind of stay out of its way. Yeah. And listen to it. Right. And the the listening is, is interesting because it's not, it's it, it feels very flowy and not very sort of, oh, hello, body, what are you saying? Sometimes I think it's really useful, like we were talking about dealing with um, difficult emotions and how your body holds those. Mm -hmm. And so if I can kind of check in and say, well, where is in my body? What's Mm -hmm. the shape? What's Mm -hmm. the color? Mm -hmm. Um, But sort of when I'm going through my day, I like to try not to decide what to do next and just try to let my body just do. Yes. And so it's a different kind of listening. It's the body speaking not in, in sort of language and words, but it's more in what bodies do, which is it moves around. Um, and, you know, it's rare when I can really kind of just, you know, like sort of dance through the room and things like that mm-hmm. and just let, let my body kind of flow. Mm. But I really like it when that happens. That's um, beautiful. The, the other thing I've just noticed myself doing um, is I just, when I just did it, is like I've been, I, I, I've, I noticed myself, I caught myself talking about my body as if it's different than me. Yeah. Lovely. And so then I was like, yeah. okay, so I, and I realized like, I don't, I actually don't know how to, I don't know, I don't know how to talk about this. Like I, like my, my mechanism for talking about it is, is it. off. Yeah. Like, cause I, cause I just like, there's a separation yeah, that I yeah. make between me and, and this yes. vessel. And so then I'm like, okay, so then I, so then, so then instead of saying like, I love you, 
which yeah. is like, right. it objectifies my body exactly. in some interesting way. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, love, love, love. Like, let's, let's enjoy this love. Let's enjoy this feeling. So I'm trying to be inclusive of, of all of that. Yeah, it feels like the words are going to get in the way, especially I think the English language it's, is particularly sort of subject-object so, yeah. kind of constructed so um but it was reminding me of that notion you know that when when i'm meditating and thoughts come up or things like that and i'm looking at these things it's like well who who you know who's doing the watching i'm not my the itch that's happening i'm not the thought of my to-do list because something else is watching all that Mm -hmm. and it's sort of the same thing with your body i can feel into my body in a way where it's like well am i really my body either um, and so it's fun to play with that. I'm, I don't think there's a, there's a solution to that. Puzzle. Well, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, the language thing is interesting because it, because it, it, I, I might, I might say that part of the solution is, um, it's in that mm, ethereal realm of, of the limitation of our language creates a structure that, that, yes. that makes it challenging for yeah. us to conceptualize. Right. Um, what it actually is, but I think that I, I I I don't think that it's I think that it exists, and it's just that 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 it's going to take some imagination and opening and allowing the feeling to be the feeling to the 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 experience to be the experience the whatever that is you know that that is um yeah that's that yeah I think um. We're sort of creatures of stories. You know, there's a lovely saying, which is the word is not made of atoms and molecules. The world is made of stories. Mm. What we know of the world are all stories that we are telling, telling. All, telling ourselves or being having told to. But it kind of reminds mm. me that there are languages without words when you think of dance. Mm. Um, and you think Thank of you. it's sort of communicating in a very, a very different way. Um, mm. And that we each have, you know, if you mm. can walk, you can dance. We each have our way of dancing through the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe mm-hmm. just um, tending that a bit more and, and, as you're saying, kind of giving it a little mm. more attention Yeah, and, and as a valid and important way of telling stories. Well, and it fe- yes, yes, thank you for that. It feels like, it feels like... Um, that is part, uh, I, you know, I, I, when we talk about the patriarchy and, you know, and, and we talk a fair amount about, um, you know, swimming in the waters of it. Yes. Right. And being in it and, and, and the constructs of our, of our language and the constructs and the stories of our, of our, of the United States and our cultural understanding and our, you know, that, that, that there is a out there, that is really different than all of those things. And it's, um, you know, it feels, it feels closer. I, and I don't, and I, and I, and I, and I'm hesitant to like want to strive for it in a certain way. Cause that feels like it's part of the, but, but I'm, I guess I'm curious how you, what, how, how you, I love the way that you think and talk about this and, um, how we, um, begin to open to that world and that, you know, again, it's through the, or it's, it seems like it's through the sitting and the discomfort. Um, yeah, for me, the, 
the first step is to consider that there are other ways. Yeah. There's other ways of knowing. Mm. Um, and I think that's a big step for a lot of folks. Just because we really, we've really been sort of come to this belief that the particular way the world is, is the only way it is. Right. Is the truth or is call the, it scientific materialism or something like that. Well, it's the, it's like, it's, it's any, it's, it's, it's the vibrational level where we're trying to be right or wrong about stuff. Well, we're there's also to that argue piece. about stuff, but there's even the notion that reality is physical objects in space. We're not sure about consciousness, but we think somehow magically it arises mm-hmm. out of, you know, there's a whole sort of philosophical realm we could go into, sure. but it really, then as soon as you move into sort of the notion that the world is dead, you know, it's just a, it's just a, some kind of giant clockwork object, which we manipulate because we're so smart. Yeah. Um, if, if we can consider for a moment, the possibility that the world is alive mm-hmm. and that we are um, living cells of, a, uh, of a majestic being, mm. Um, that alone, even though I may not feel that, mm-hmm. if I consider that it could be true, then I start making myself available for when that might kind of leak through the other story, which mm-hmm. is that the world is dead and we're just kind of manipulating, you know, everything is either predetermined through scientific, you know, yeah, cause yeah. and effect or whatever, whatever the story is. Uh-huh. So to me, that's the first thing is is to say, could it be that there are other things? Okay, if there could be, then what if I started looking for those? Mm-hmm. What if I could imagine what they might be like? Yeah, or even maybe, yeah, right. I mean, maybe it's not even looking for those, but it's, it's sitting and um, allowing or being open to, or being receptive to yes. those energies. I know I like to, yeah. I like to, when we're, when we're sitting in our circle, um, with our guys, like I always like to, I always like to think that, you know, I, 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 I imagine energies you know, of the cosmos yeah. that are, that are out yeah. there, you know, that are drifting around that yeah. are, that are sort of what I like to say is are looking for a way in like, yes. like love wants to be here. Connection wants to be here. You like it lately. Like, and, and so it exists. We know it's, you know, like we know it's out there. And then, then here's this circle of guys getting together you know, uh, um, um, celebrating Matt's transcendence into this, you know, transition into this other, other place, singing, being with the birds, being with the water, saying, you know, saying prayers, writing poems, laughing, playing, goofing around. And that energy is like, Oh, something interesting is happening there. Yeah. You're feeling it, feeling it. And so it's like, it's like allowing, inviting, um, that that through yeah you could use the word magic for this non-rational realm we're speaking of yeah and i and i think that the magic is always here Mm. and a lot of times it comes through but we've learned to discount it like when we were talking about if you say something that was on my mind now scientific materialism says that was a coincidence Mm -hmm. and don't pay any attention to, to that. that. Go on with your day. Nothing, yeah. Nothing to, nothing see, to here. see here. <laughs> exactly. And those things happen all the time. And I think the more you notice them, the more you notice them. Yes. I mean, they have this sort of way of accumulating. Mm-hmm. And so we're just trying to kind of, in many ways, just sort of say to 
whatever the source is of our being, I'm available. Mm -hmm. I'm available to see more if you would like to offer that to me. Yeah. Because there's an old, you know, sort of, sort of idea that the universe is just, um, so excited to offer us the generous beauty and, Mm. but would like to be invited like anybody. Uh. Would yeah. just like you to say, you know, I would, I would, and this is not, you know, I'd like to be careful because I know there's a lot of sort of abundance folks out there who are like, if you simply imagine that Ferrari, then it will appear, yeah. you, you know, in front of your house. Yeah. It's like you, it's not something specific. Right. We're not in charge of the magic. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Well, and that, right. And I mean that, and yeah, that, and that like, um, right. The abundance thing, it, it gets into the place of like having things yes, or having exactly. something, some attachment. And to it some, also gets into a lack something. thing. It's like, because for some reason I'm, it's not okay. I, I'd be much better. You know, as Janice Joplin said, if I only had a Mercedes, I'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and instead of saying, I'm really good where I'm at, and I'm so good that I'd love it if you could just continue the goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that look like? You know, where, you know, and mm-hmm. so there's a, there's a real kind of excitement of the mystery of things. It's like a present. You don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. But you're saying, I'm available. Show me, show me what you got. Right. And I'm going to listen and sort of be in that in that way of looking breathlessly as, as Don Juan says yeah. to Carlos Castaneda, you know, <laughs> I, I'm always walking the paths with heart and there I, I walk and I search looking breathlessly, mm-hmm. looking for mm-hmm. what sort of delight may appear. And mm-hmm. it may be a slug, right? It may be a flower. It may be the breeze that goes by, mm-hmm. or it may be something that isn't necessarily happy. It mm-hmm. may be, uh, a homeless person lying by the side of the street. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I need to to say to myself, you know, there the divine is there too. Yeah. How can I see mm-hmm. that? And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where the discomfort begins. It's like, wow, that's kind of hard. There's a lot of garbage around that person. And, you know, really, that's the divine? How, what, what? I have trouble with that. Yeah. And so then I get to sit in that. Right. You know, and how can I see that person as a person? Mm-hmm. Um these are the daily challenges mm. we're offered. Mm. Uh, uh, I, the, uh, yeah, thank you for that. And it's right. So it comes back to the sort of simple notion mm. of being able to sit together, mm. right? Of being able to sit in, in that sort of original question that, that started this today mm-hmm. and yesterday, yeah. which is to say, there's an amazing thing when we're able to sit together in the complexity of life in the beautiful complexity of life. Like, I don't want to say complexity, like it is so positive and generative of the complexity of communication between a tree and the roots and the mycelium and the soil Mm -hmm. and the, and the, and the ants and the, like there is a complexity that is so in like, just so delicious and, and amazing. And so being able to sit in that, in the nuance, in the unknown, in the magic mm-hmm. and do so together, mm-hmm. right? It's not, it's not that it's, it's like, let's just sit in the bliss. Let's just like mm. be in the like deliciousness of, you know, whatever, like, yes. And like, let's sit in this moment. Yeah. I think that the notion you know, that this is it. Yeah. Um, without the bliss. Right. And so I think that we've, you know, been kind of sold the bill of goods. 
yes. honestly, that we're supposed to attain some particular state of oneness, bliss, right? Satori, like, et right. cetera, et cetera. Rather than, well, what if this was good enough? In fact, what if it was better than good enough? What if it was really wonderful? And yes, yes, and that's and that and and so yes, and so that is that's like the end around for me, <laughs> it's ah. a, right? It's the place of like we can sit in the discomfort yes. and grief of 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 the school shooting yes. and of all the depression and the opioid use and the just shittiness of every of climate change of all of the all of, all of this going on right now right and just be like oh my god what is going on and that yeah. and be able to sit together in it and just be in the um the, um discomfort wonder curiosity of it and the and the pain of it and in doing so there's connection yeah i mean i think that it's the i don't want to ask the what is going on even i just want to say this is going this on. is going thank you and right. then and then what are my feelings mm-hmm. you know i wanted mm-hmm. one thing when we were watching the news last night and at, at the end of their um review of the events at, at uh, with the shooting, yeah, they had a period where they showed photographs of, of each of the children that had been murdered and, the, and mm. the teachers, yeah, and they showed that the children in you know with the little awards they had, you know, yeah. bright shining souls, and um, unexpectedly, I was delighted to see their beautiful souls. Mm. You know, it was like, oh, how nice to sort of see these beings mm. that I've heard so much about and never really sort of saw. Right. Um, and that notion that, you know, there's a, there's a terrible and tragic feeling of grief, and there's also the delight of um, that they were here, mm. that their beautiful lives were here with us. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as as a parent you you are always torn because um you have this beautiful precious being and you know or sooner or later you figure out that you cannot protect them yeah. from all the horrors of the world they're they're everybody's at risk you know as my wife likes to say a false sense of security is the only one we really have yeah um and so you you, you know at least i've always been drawn back to honoring their preciousness yeah just as they are yep um and so it was unexpected to me that mm. what i felt was not so much the collapsing grief but more like the the great joy to seeing each of their faces yeah um and i know that they brought great joy to their families and it's because of the kind of joy that they brought now there is the great great sorrow yeah and that, to me, this is what love always is. There's always the joy of greeting and the sorrow of parting. Everything right. I love will will go away, and so will I. Right. Well, it's the yin and the yin and the yang, yeah. right? And the yang. And so it's, it's like back to that light and shadow. We and that's spoke. right. Like it's right there, and it's like it, to, to love is to lo- is to lose. Exactly. And, and when to, we, and to lose is to love. Right. When we grieve, is because we loved. That's right. When we grieve these children and the tragedy, it's because we love. We didn't know them personally, but we loved the joy that they brought. We mm. loved the idea that they had loving families. And to see that destroyed in this way, you know, brings us tremendous grief because yeah. we care so much about it. And mm-hmm. you can see that outpouring of love and mm-hmm. caring 
um, matches, you know, the outpouring of horror that that happens. Sure. And and this is the dance that we we, yeah. we keep. We have to do this. That's right. I'm not. I remember so vividly sitting and um, reading, and then you know, reading to my kids, and then having them fall asleep, and you know. And then sitting and listening to them breathing, and right, exactly, and um, wanting to just can I just be here? Yeah. Can I just stay here? Yeah, and I love like like I I'm now feeling those moments and and you know missing them terribly. Yes, yeah, and I and I remember I remember you know somehow finding my way or the thought finding its way to me, you know of uh, um these are the moments to appreciate. Amen. Yep. You know, and that this is, this is love and this is aliveness and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Exactly. I really, I don't, you know, like I hope that we're all okay, but I, I don't know. And if, if this is it, then I will grieve tremendously and celebrate joyfully that I got to have this moment, these moments here yeah, and that my realization in that moment was I want to live fully exactly. in, in in today. Yeah, and that I can control if that's the right word. I can um, I can be here today. I I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know about next week. I don't know. You know, we don't. We can't know. Nope. Um, and so I trust that when we get there, wherever there is out there, that we'll have a moment just like this one where we're present and yeah. we're engaged and we can figure out whatever or, or cry or laugh or, or do whatever we need to do in that moment, just like we're doing so in this moment and that that moment might be beautiful or tragic or whatever. Or, I mean, it could, it could be, it'll be exactly what it is and that that will be beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I feel you. I yeah. really think that it's not complicated. You know, just tell the people that you love them that you love them and count your blessings and then count them again. Mm-hmm. And um, that will fill your life. Yeah. And I think that the more that happens, the more you, you your body does start to know what to do. Because I think a lot of people, yeah. it's hard, it's very, very hard for us in this culture of doing mm. to to move into a place of not doing yeah, I keep I keep noticing myself. I, I I spent some time with a young guy today, and he was sharing a story. And and maybe this is what, you know we'll wrap up here in just a moment. Uh-huh. But, yeah, of yeah. um, it's it's kind of a funny it's kind of a funny funny story. But it but I think it's he was sharing that um, um, he was running a a D and D club mm-hmm. on on you know on one of the last days of school, and um, you know the last days of school are kind of all over the place and someone asked him um you know they usually meet tuesdays tuesdays at lunchtime this is a friday and so someone said like well hey let's meet today and he and 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 he just he started shaking he immediately started shaking his head and he's like this isn't yeah like he just knew like this isn't gonna go well huh and he felt it Huh. And so we, I stopped with him uh-huh. as we were walking and I said, okay, so tell me about that feeling. And he goes, it's like, right. It's like right here in my chest. Like, uh-huh. like my, like I have this, I just have this felt sense of like, this isn't going to go well. Mm-hmm. And then he said, well, yeah, I'll do it. Right. So he does it. Right. 
And, um, of course the whole, the whole, essentially the whole day is a complete train wreck. Right. You know, of <laughs> you know the logistic, all the rhythms are, off. all the rhythms are off yeah. the, and no one else knows like, they, you know, he saw all the possibilities. Like he just he he knew it. Mm-hmm. He just knew it. Right, and that's that embodied wisdom. And that was the embodied of. wisdom. And right. he didn't trust it. And right. and and which was which was like which, I mean, it was a, it was a beautiful moment because it was like it, the stakes weren't very high. Yeah, exactly. he's a he's a young guy. Yeah, and and we just were able to be like, okay, so that and and he he caught, he got he just got it. Mm-hmm. And then and then you know and then we were able to just hang out there. And, and, and be in the place of like, okay, so that's like, that's the wisdom, right? You know, and he felt it exactly. And he felt it. And then, and then, and then, and then he got it like, okay, so that's like, I got to figure out how to integrate that into this larger place. And I think I feel honored and I feel grateful that we were able to share that space to catch that. Yeah. Cause I think that's often what like that that can so easily get missed. Yeah, you and, know, once again speaking of our friend Raymond. Yeah. He is always pausing and mm. you see him literally he'll close his eyes. Yeah. And he'll do this sort of inner check-in when we're <laughs> when we're trying to figure out what to do and you sometimes he'll kind of mutter. He'll go yeah, yeah, oh okay, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. And you can kind of see him just going in and and giving room for that because that that particular little magic uh-huh. sprite in us mm-hmm. has its own timing and its own mm-hmm. kind of way of expressing itself. So you just kind of have to sit for a minute and see what it has to say. Yeah. Um, and I think once again, the more, you know, the more I do that, the mm-hmm. more available it becomes to me. That's, and that's where we went today yeah. was, was this beautiful place where you, you, you missed it. Right. 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 Like he missed it. He yeah. didn't, he didn't trust it. Sure. He didn't follow it. And, yeah. and again, it's, you know, young guy, it's fine. And it's like, you know, he, you know, he got it. He's like, the more that I listen to that, yes. the stronger that muscle, if you will, yeah. grows, um, you know, and, and, and the more that you start to trust it. And then we, went to, we talked a little bit about improv comedy. Um, were we talking about improv comedy? I was talking with someone about improv comedy in the last couple of days. Um, oh, it was my friend, Charlie. And, 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 you know, we're saying like the, he was marveling at how good his roommate I think is, or his friend is at improv comedy. And it's just like, it's a, it's a practice of saying yes. Of mm. just, of just like, you just, you just, just follow, you, you just, you, yeah. you, you just go like yeah. whatever comes, go, yeah. you go, yeah. you know, you can't be like, well, is that, is that funny? Is that, right. is that funny enough? Wait, yeah, if I say it, if I do not th- afraid to fall on your face. Totally. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's the most fearless sort of job I can imagine. Right, and you just right, and it's like it's just trusting. It's like trusting the flow yeah. of like of like I'm just going to br- whatever is showing up is what shows up, and the str- and and the more you trust it, the stronger it gets. Yeah, you know, like it's yeah. that muscle just grows until it's just like it's you know you're just like yep. you, you got it. Yeah, um, yeah, beautiful. Um, thanks, Rick. My pleasure. Any last thoughts, reflections, feelings, anything no, your good, heart except is? Except let's do it again. Let's please. <laughs> Beyond that, I have no other thoughts. That's awesome. <laughs> we will definitely, we'll definitely do it again because <laughs> it's such a delight to just, to just, I mean, here we are recording and doing all this mechanical, you know, it's, yes. it's just funny. And it's just, um, thanks. I just, I so deeply appreciate our friendship. Me too. Yeah, oh, and yeah. it is delightful mm-hmm. and fun and so just delicious to, <laughs> to explore and to come up and play with yeah. ideas. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yes, we'll keep going. All right. Beautiful.
Well, there we have it. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond, for sitting on the couch with us as we we were sitting on the couch having this beautiful conversation. And so there's a little taste of PPL, of this beautiful circle of men, of the kinds of places that we explore and get into and play around with and then try to really live and inhabit. So here is what I am taking away from this beautiful conversation with Rick. One, meaningful friendship is a gift. To be able to explore, be seen, share honestly, be provoked, and feel cared for matters. It really matters, and it is an incredible gift. And so big thank you to Rick and just heartfelt, heartfelt love. Number two, there is nothing to solve. I love it how Rick offers the idea of that, that we want to frame things in problems and what happens when we don't do that. So getting beyond our desire to do that, to make everything a problem, will open things up tremendously, will allow us to be in the moment, be with ourselves in the most interesting, delicious ways. Three, we do have to stop solving, trying to solve problems, and instead we get to sit in that beautiful magic of the present moment. And even when it's uncomfortable, and maybe especially when it's uncomfortable, and then invite in, allow in the miracles, invite in the energies that want to show up, that want to be present, that want to come through, like we are beacons of, of um, we are beacons inviting, inviting all of that energy swirling around out there that wants to be here, to be here. Number four, there is nowhere to get to. right here. This is it. Number five, we are immersed in our patriarchal privilege and it is unraveling and it needs to unravel and it's uncomfortable and powerful and a giant mystery. And so let us be right there. Number six, our way of knowing isn't the only way of knowing. In fact, far, far from it. And that this is really hard for us to acknowledge. And that I am grateful to be sharing the energy, the way that Morgan bees in the world and the perspective and the energy and the ways that it comes through me and to be able to offer humbly and share and with a deep bow and to say, hey, here's another perspective is uh, really fun. And number seven, I'm having a blast in the beyond. And thank you for listening. I hope you too are having a blast. With deepest blessings, we would, of course, love your questions, your reflections, your contributions. You can email at beyond at morganrich.com. You can always leave a comment. Um, in the comment section of wherever you are listening. And so until next time, until next time, we, I, we are wishing you deep connected and connection to
to yourself and to the aliveness in your heart. Be well. Actually, be more than well. Be alive. Be extraordinary. Be curious. And most of all, be you.